This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. Can businesses make the world a better place? With the help of consumers, they can, says Adyad Grajev, founder of the Ethos Institute, an NGO that promotes corporate social responsibility. In this talk from Ashoka, Grajev argues that when consumers make strong ethical demands of businesses, the businesses themselves become a powerful engine for social change in emerging economies. From the Conversations Network's Social Innovation Channel. Hi, this is Elena Connor. And I'm Eric Nee. We are your hosts on Social Innovation Conversations. Today we're excited to bring you a presentation from Ashoka's Social Entrepreneurship Series. In this series, you will meet six eminent global social entrepreneurs who are the founding members of Ashoka's Global Academy as they share their insights, strategies, and vision for change. Recognizing the power of individual innovation and social change, Bill Drayton founded Ashoka in 1981. Ashoka identifies and invests in extraordinary individuals with unprecedented ideas for change in their communities, supporting them, their ideas, and institutions through all phases of their careers. For more information or to get involved, visit www.ashoka.org. If you like this conversation, please share it with a friend. We've made it easy for you to spread important ideas for social and environmental change. Look for the new Share with a Friend feature on our website. Our audio content is delivered by Limelight Networks, taking the cost and complexity out of Internet distribution on the web at limelightnetworks.com. And now, here's our presentation from Ashoka's Social Entrepreneurship Series. Oded Grajev evolved from young toy manufacturer to Brazil's leading advocate for corporate social responsibility. The business sector is the most powerful sector in society. Of the hundred greatest economies in the world, 51 are businesses. He founded the Abrinque Foundation, which made great inroads against the practice of child labor and Instituto Etos for Business Social Responsibility, an organization that has engaged more than a thousand companies, representing a third of Brazil's gross domestic product, to adopt socially responsible practices. Social responsibility is nothing more and nothing less than doing the right things. And when you do the right things, the personal advantages are enormous. And on the other hand, we show the risks of not having socially responsible management. Oded Grajev has made a career of bridging divides between conservative and progressive, labor and business, public and private. In this program, he shares his methods of enlisting everyone in the effort to build a sustainable society. If we must talk about global affairs, world affairs, we must, before anything else, know that we are living in times never before lived by mankind. Never before in all the history of mankind have we had to face 
as we are facing now the possibility of the end of the human species. And that's without talking about the social conditions mankind faces today, where more than half the population lives in poverty, where the distance between rich and poor increases more and more, the distance between the 20% richest people of the planet and the 20% poorest, which was 30 times in the 60s in the last century, now approaches 100 times. This is without mentioning the distance between rich and poor countries, and the distance between rich and poor in the rich countries. This situation is unsustainable, because social injustice, the difference between rich and poor, is a fantastic field for all conflicts. Another important fact is that forecasts show that access to weapons of mass destruction by people is just a matter of time. So conflicts that today are limited in terms of weaponry may become devastating conflicts. What is the responsibility of the business sector? The business sector is the most powerful sector in society. Of the hundred greatest economies in the world, 51 are businesses. The media, television, radio, newspapers, in all the world are basically in the hands of the private sector. I don't need to tell anyone who is listening to us about the great power of the means of communications today, the power of influencing people, of influencing behavior, the power of choosing priorities in society. The private sector also has great political, electoral power. No one is unaware of the power of the private sector in election. So, clearly, the situation we have today in the world, the situation of great disparity between rich and poor, a great environmental threat to the human species, clearly, those with so much power bear much responsibility for the world we have today. But at the same time, there is another opportunity we have. Those with so much power, those with so much responsibility for making the world what it is today, hold also the great possibility, I would say more, have the great responsibility of changing this state of things. To remove the risks we have today from the social perspective, the environmental perspective. And the private sector has this great opportunity, this great responsibility of ensuring for us all a better future. This is why it is so important for the private sector to be engaged in a discussion in a self-criticism of its role in today's society and in a great discussion of responsibility in the future of mankind. I and three other friends started a toy company in Brazil. And as a business person, I always tried to do my best with my employees, with my clients, in the way I ran the business, because I believed it was a right thing to do, and also because I knew it would be beneficial to my business, because I would have motivated dedicated employees. I would have support from clients, support from society. So 
I always tried to do things in a right way, intuitively, without a great notion of this social responsibility movement. I also began to attend the meetings of the Association of Toy Businesses, and I always had some ideas on how toy businesses should behave, to change their relationship with employees, get involved in the community. I always had some ideas, but people would tell me they were good ideas, correct ideas, but they weren't practical ideas. The president of the association, who had been president for many years, decided to step down. And to my surprise, they suggested my name for president. I did not expect that, nor was I thinking about it. But I decided to accept, just to prove to myself and to others whether those ideas could be applied in practice. If I was just a dreamer, a person without a sense of reality, or if my ideas could work. And I began to get involved with the businesses of the sector. And I was always bothered by the discussions because they were very out-of-date discussions. The environment was deemed a movement of a few dreamers, a few hippies, against capitalism, against the businesses. Social issues were not considered. Brazil was still under a military dictatorship, so there wasn't a democratic perspective, a more advanced business perspective. And I and some other presidents of business entities, very few, we decided to create a different movement, a new business movement that showed that not all business people thought that way, where business people were concerned with democracy, with human rights, with the environment, with more civilized relations between businesses, business people and workers. It was not called social responsibility, but it really was a vision of social responsibility. And we created a new movement called Corporate-Based National Ideology. It was launched in 1987. I was the first general coordinator of this movement. It was a path that led me little by little to become engaged politically, socially, with the new emerging business movements here in Brazil. As president of a business association, as president of a brinque, the Brazilian Association of Toy Businesses, I always thought of doing different things, much more than what is traditionally done, which is protecting the interests of toy businesses. And thinking of a priority we could choose, I have always thought of children. The future of any person, of any family, of any society, of any community, of any country, will always depend on the treatment it gives to the children, because they are the future, and they will be the result of what society gives to them. I had this idea, began to explore if it was feasible. I talked to a representative from UNICEF here in Brazil. I gathered the toy businesses, there are 400 toy businesses, 
I called in UNICEF and asked them to show the situation of children in Brazil, the situation of children in Brazil including when compared to the situation of children in other countries. And when we finished the presentation, I asked if Brazil had any future, if our country had any future with the children in this situation, and evidently the answer was no. And he said it was important for each one to think about what to do and that we should get involved. And I presented the idea of creating another entity, the Abrinque Foundation for the Rights of Children. And they agreed. We began to work. Well, I could take a long time explaining everything the Abrinque Foundation does, but maybe I can cite a few examples. One example is that we put the struggle against child labor on the Brazilian agenda, engaging businesses in Brazil to combat child labor, not just the businesses, but throughout the entire production chain. In the past few years, we had a 40% decrease in the number of children working. The estimate earlier was around 3 million children working. And now, we have fewer than two million children working here in Brazil, and we continue this work against child labor. We are working with around a thousand municipalities here in Brazil, a thousand mayors who are engaged in commitments to children within their administrations, commitments to reduce school dropouts, to reduce child mortality. Today, we have programs to set up libraries in hospitals, libraries in social assistance institutions. We have a child adoption program that involves around 150 organizations and benefits around 50,000 children. With all our programs, we directly involve around a million children. And the child-friendly business program, in which businesses undertake ten commitments regarding children, regarding mothers, not just against child labor, but in the issue of serving mothers, in maternal health, prenatal exams, daycare centers in the workplace. In short, there are several programs that, today, are benchmarks in Brazil not only for public policy, but also for businesses' engagement with children. In 1997, I and my wife Mara decided to take a sabbatical, a year of learning, traveling, of doing nothing. For half of the year, we were in Europe, the other half in the United States. At the end of this year, when I had met many people, I met business people, organizations that address social issues with business people, an idea came to create, in Brazil, Instituto Etos for Business and Social Responsibility. In fact, practically all the initiatives I've taken that have resulted in creating new endeavors, new organizations, happened at times of doing absolutely nothing. One of the great risks today with the issue of stress, with people not having time for themselves, with their full schedules, 
is that they don't leave room in their minds. They don't leave room for their imagination, for their creativity, for anything new to happen. It is essential for anyone who really wants to undertake new things and think about the meaning of things to leave room in their time, in their schedule, so that new things can come. And this is how Instituto Etos began. When I arrived in Brazil after this sabbatical, I called a meeting with some business people who had an advanced social consciousness, presented the idea of Instituto Etos. We set up the first group of directors, 15 directors that represented 11 businesses. And with these 11 businesses and 15 directors, we established the Instituto Etos of Business and Social Responsibility here in Brazil. For three months we discussed the mission of Instituto Etos and our mission is to promote corporate social responsibility so that businesses will have socially responsible management and will be partners in building a society that is more just sustainable and prosperous. They will be partners in building sustainable development. This mission is very important because it shows what is needed to be done by business and what the purpose of social responsibility really is. That is not just to make businesses socially responsible, but to make them partners in building a sustainable society. Our international relationships were important for the creation of Instituto Etos. Our first inspiration was BSR, Business for Social Responsibility in the United States, which oriented us on how to begin, how to start Instituto Etos, and supplied us with material and publications such as the first steps to social responsibility. And the support that Bob Dan and BSR gave us since the beginning of Instituto Etos was very, very important for Instituto Etos to become the important entity that it is today in Brazil. Instituto Etos has around 953 members. They are small, medium and large companies of several sectors in all of Brazil, representing approximately 33% of the Brazilian GDP, the Brazilian gross domestic product. They employ approximately 2 million people. They are national and also multinational companies. There is a great diversity of companies at the Instituto Etos. In addition to inducing companies to have socially responsible management, in our mission, we also have the need to engage businesses in building a sustainable society. For that, we choose the parameters of the Millennium Development Goals. For example, a company that decides to set limits for consumption of energy and natural resources within the company, of water, of electricity, of products that are not biodegradable, and all the savings the company makes with its employees are directed to a social project that doesn't stay with the company. This social project is decided upon by the employees, where to invest in the community, 
what kind of action, how the employees can participate. So we have a great program today engaging businesses in building, for instance, libraries in cities in Brazil that don't have libraries. We will reduce the number of cities without libraries in Brazil to zero. We have a great program of setting up food banks in all the states of Brazil. We have a great program for companies to offer youths their first job, their first working opportunity. A great program for businesses to combat illiteracy in Brazil. Another program is for companies to be open to apprentices, young apprentices who can have an income, study and learn a profession within companies. Businesses are becoming schools for work education. We also have a great program engaging companies to combat slave labor in Brazil. Bad working conditions, inhumane working conditions. Another partnership is between the Federation of Banks in Brazil with 700 social organizations that work in the poorest sections of Brazil to build cisterns, a system that captures rainwater that falls from rooftops, and the family that spends five or six hours a day in search of water, usually contaminated water, now has clean, potable water within their home. That is another example of partnerships between businesses and social movements. We used, I can say, a double strategy. First, showing the advantages of social responsibility for business people and their businesses. And this advantage is erected, is built on two pillars. First, the ethical advantage, the advantage of doing the right things, because social responsibility is nothing more and nothing less than doing the right things. And when you do the right things, the personal advantages are enormous. Because people feel good, they feel self-value, they know they're doing the right thing. And the second advantage for the business is because a company depends on people. And if the company treats people well, they also treat the company well. So it's an opportunity to have talents in your company, to have people engaged and committed, to have support from the community, support from consumers. In short, all the competitive advantages for a business. And on the other hand, we show the risks of not having socially responsible management which can mean rejection by consumers. It can mean a very bad image for the company. It can mean social and environmental liabilities that can destroy a company. So we mix the will, the hope to be socially responsible with the fear of not being socially responsible. So we built this great program with consumers, where we encourage consumers to favor companies that are more socially responsible. We have a great program with the media, 
that values socially responsible businesses while exposing problems that are not socially responsible. We have a program with investors to invest in socially responsible businesses. We have a great program with universities so that they include social responsibility in their curricula and for their professionals to graduate with a culture of social responsibility. We have a great program with non-governmental entities, with NGOs in the defense of human rights so that they will value social responsibility in businesses and condemn companies that are not socially responsible. We have partnerships with banks, with insurance companies, to favor socially responsible businesses in terms of rates and loans. We have programs with the government to include social responsibility as a criterion in public bids. In short, we use many inducers to mobilize businesses to be more socially responsible. And also, the companies that are more socially responsible are benchmarks for others to advance in their socially responsible management. We also never stopped addressing the ethical issue in social responsibility. We never let only the pragmatic issues be the motivators of social responsibility. Because businesses are created by people. People, human beings, seek meaning for their lives. They seek meaning for their work. Most people who work in companies today don't find meaning in their work just a means of survival. There is an enormous spiritual and ethical vacuum today in people, and social responsibility provides an opportunity for people to give meaning to their lives. And the appeal of meaningful work is a very strong direction for engaging people. Each one of us as a consumer can change the world because it is consumers who support businesses and it is businesses that have great power and great responsibility for the world we have today and for the world we'll have tomorrow. When consumers decide to buy products and services only from businesses that are socially responsible, we can change the world. There are many cases that show that when consumers decide to boycott a company because the company uses child labor, because it harms the environment, because it is involved in corruption, these consumers can change the companies. Here in Brazil, we set up a program called the Child Friendly Business Program. These are companies that don't use child labor, including throughout their chain of production. We had a great campaign for consumers, telling consumers when buying products and services, buy them from companies that treat children well, buy from child-friendly businesses. Thousands of businesses became engaged in the child-friendly business program using the child-friendly business seal because they felt a favorable consumer reaction to these businesses. And that was, for instance, one of the reasons that made child labor in Brazil go down around 40% in the last few years because businesses began to be concerned with these issues.
Aqui no Brasil, nós estamos agora desenvolvendo... Here in Brazil, we are now developing tools for consumers to perceive which are the most socially responsible businesses. Because research indicates that approximately 80% of consumers want to favor socially responsible companies. But only 15% of consumers act upon it. And what the research shows is that consumers want to have tools. They want something that can allow them, when buying products and services, to choose between socially responsible companies and companies that are not socially responsible. So in order for their will to be consistent with their actions, we will launch a series of information tools for consumers to have more information at hand to choose companies according to their degree of social responsibility. Corporate social responsibility doesn't work without indicators, without measuring instruments. We cannot act on anything that cannot be measured. For that purpose, we developed the ethos indicators of social responsibility, which shows how the company is doing with regard to the issue of transparency and values, with regards to its employees, with regards to its consumers, with regards to its suppliers, with regard to the environment, with regard to the ethical issue, for example, the issue of corruption its relationship with the government, its relationship with society. They are measuring instruments that show how the company is doing with regard to all these segments of the public and all these issues. There are three types of indicators. First, what we call binary indicators, indicators of yes or no that show if a company does or does not have a certain policy. For example, does the company have a policy for supporting people with disabilities? Yes or no. Does the company have a code of ethics? Yes or no. Does the company have a policy for its relationship with, for investing in the community? Yes or no. Does the company use social responsibility criteria in selecting suppliers? Yes or no. Another category of indicators is process indicators that show the progress of the socially responsible process with regard to each of these areas. For example, in the code of ethics issue, does the company have a code of ethics that was prepared only by the president and hangs on the wall? Or was this code of ethics also prepared with employees and non-government parties? Or does this code of ethics also get an annual review? For example, in the community investment issue, does the company measure the result of that investment? Does it involve partners, entities from the community, whether it has partnerships with other companies? whether it also involves local government with this social program, what degree of depth this process has reached. And another group of indicators are numerical indicators. For example, the number of women in managerial positions, the distance between the largest and the smallest salary in the company, the percentage of community investment with regard to revenue, 
the number of people with disabilities with regard to the total number of employees. So there are three types of indicators that show first how the company is doing. It is a sort of checkup for the company on its degree of social responsibility and also provides instruments to plan the company's progress in social responsibility. The company can say, in the binary indicators this year I have 20 no's, I want to have only 10 no's. Or in my degree of progress in the process indicators, I can make advances in several. Or in the numerical indicators, I can improve these figures throughout the next year. So it becomes a planning instrument, with goals for each year of progress in the degree of social responsibility. We really encourage companies, but we can't make them publish their social report. We encourage businesses to publish information on their website on their degree of social responsibility. Companies are interested in showing these indicators because they want to get consumer preference. They are already required to show them to the pension funds and to investors because that is a condition to receive financing. And they are also required to show them to the government when they take part in public bids. So we use a series of mechanisms that make companies reveal their information and progress in their degree of social responsibility. That is the strategy we use. Instituto Ethos works with several segments of society and several partners, and our international work is also very important because our participation on the international level also reflects on our work here in Brazil. We actively took part in building a network in the Americas called Impresa, which gathers business entities that work with social responsibility in several countries in the Americas. We were able to help promote the establishment of new entities here in Latin America, in Argentina, in Mexico, in Paraguay, in Uruguay, in Colombia, in Peru that promote social responsibility in their countries. We have actively taken part since the beginning in the Global Compact, bringing Brazilian companies to sign on to the Global Compact commitments. I personally am part of the Global Compact's International Advisory Board. And here in Brazil, we were pioneers in saying to companies, if you want to be part of the Global Compact, you are required to show each year, based on social responsibility indicators, how you are doing with regard to the Global Compact principles. This hasn't happened in any other place in the world. And here in Brazil, we also prepared a publication with the indicators showing how the companies are doing with regard to the Millennium Development Goals that were established by the UN. And together with other companies, we established a week here in Brazil, a national week each year in August, a week for mobilizing citizenship and solidarity. And in this week, we have a great campaign for the Millennium Development Goals, and there is an evaluation, debates, initiatives, all directed toward the Millennium Development Goals. 
and a great advertising campaign that is now being adopted by several other countries explaining the Millennium Development Goals. A campaign that involves visual symbols that makes the Millennium Development Goals understandable to the greater public. This is one of the several initiatives we have taken in the international field. The support of Instituto Etos is basically the support of businesses. Since we have 950 member companies, we never depend on a single one, the support of a single one. We always have great diversification in our support from businesses. Businesses know we will always defend the mission of social responsibility and that there will be no conflict of interest with a business that supports us. For instance, if a problem arises with the company regarding its management. Because we work with several producers. We work with unions, with non-governmental entities, with NGOs for protection of rights. We also work a lot with the media. And what these groups do does not depend on us. The company knows there will be a lot of people watching and exposing it when, for instance, it uses misleading advertising or when the business wants to take advantage and fool the public. And it knows that we at Instituto Etos, we will always encourage journalists, the media, the unions, the social and union organizations, on one hand, to praise and favor businesses when it's appropriate, but also to expose cases when businesses want to fool the public with a given action. There is nothing worse for Instituto Etos, for the social responsibility movement, than loss of credibility. So it is extremely important that we struggle to maintain credibility in the social responsibility movement. No company that affiliates itself with Instituto Etos today believes that with this affiliation it can hide any type of inappropriate conduct. This is part of our mission, of our work. And this has allowed Instituto Etos to acquire great credibility with society, and it has made many companies want to become members and to be part of the social responsibility movement. When talking about the power of corporations, I always like to give an example. An example of things that are or aren't important today for society of the priority that society gives to certain things and of the power of the business sector. For example, the business sector holds communications, radio, television and newspapers. So, for example, everyone has heard that about 3,000 people were killed barbarously in the World Trade Center in New York. But at the same time, I'm sure many people don't know that every day, yesterday, today, tomorrow, for example, 25,000 children below the age of five die from hunger, from poverty, from disease. 
So imagine, for example, if the private sector, the businesses that advertise, that support and fund programs, decided to say every day how many children died on the day before from poverty and hunger. So immediately, I think people will say, this situation can't go on. Let us end hunger and poverty. And ending poverty and hunger in the world, preventing children from dying, costs a lot less, a lot less than the wars that are fought today in the world. So this is an example of things that are or aren't a priority and of the possibilities for the private sector to elect the right priorities and to mobilize world society to end the ailments that exist today in the world. Because we all know what to do to end poverty, misery, to promote sustainable development, mankind knows what needs to be done. Mankind today also has all the necessary resources to do what must be done. So it is a question of political will and priority. The resources are there. For example, today, we spend $900 billion a year on military expenses and $300 billion a year in agricultural subsidies. And mankind cannot gather $50 billion more to reach the Millennium Development Goals that were established by the countries and the UN. And all agree that this represents very little compared to the resources that exist today in society. So the private sector has great responsibility for other priorities to be placed in all of society. When I talk to a business person, I think that the most important thing a business person can do to progress in corporate social responsibility is to publicly acknowledge the political decision of advancing in the process of social responsibility because it is a permanent process that begins but never ends. So the most important decision, the most important thing when I talk to a business person about commitment is the political decision of implementing social responsibility in his company. And the first step is to establish a code of ethics, principles and values that he believes are the guidelines of his actions. When deciding anything in the company, and a company decides on a lot every day, the principles and values must always be looked at, and the decision only taken forward when it fits in with the company's principles and values. In the case of social activists of non-government organizations, I, in my conversation, first show that social responsibility is not just for businesses. Social responsibility is for everyone, for each one of us personally, so that we can choose between several ways to do things, and that it is always important to find the ethical way to do things, that our responsibility begins with our individual actions, that any social organization has employees, deals with suppliers, deals with the environment, with the government, and that the first thing, the most important thing to do is to direct your buying 
based on social responsibility criteria. And to the government, I also say that it is important to implement socially responsible management in government, that the government must also elect its priorities. Because the government has budgets, it has resources, and it must also guide its actions by social responsibility criteria. And it should choose companies to be government suppliers or choose companies that deserve government investment based on social responsibility. And that will be, and it is, a great driving motor for corporate social responsibility. Whenever anyone says that the problem is too big to be solved by each one of us, that he feels too small and weak to change the world, I always say, it doesn't matter if you will be able to do those things, if they will have any consequence on the world. It is important that you do your part. It is important that you do everything that must be done in your beliefs. Because everything you do will reflect on future generations and will reflect on your children. And it's awful if one day your child should come to you and say, you knew the world was in danger, you knew the environment was being destroyed, you knew about social conditions, and why didn't you do your part? So it is very important to build an honorable life, a dignified life, and try to do things. Because one day you will have to evaluate your life, and when you have a positive balance, there is no better gratification for a person. Through this series, Ashoka hopes to inspire and spread awareness about social entrepreneurship and scalable solutions to global problems. The series is being used in the education arena, among businesses interested in corporate responsibility, by international development and civil society organizations, and by individuals seeking new careers and innovative ways to change the world. Ashoka would like to know what you think of this series. Please email your thoughts and ideas to ashokadvd at ashoka.org. Recognizing the power of individual innovation and social change, Bill Drayton founded Ashoka in 1981. Ashoka identifies and invests in extraordinary individuals with unprecedented ideas for change in their communities, supporting them, their ideas, and institutions through all phases of their careers. For more information or to get involved, visit www.ashoka.org. If you like this conversation, please share it with a friend. We've made it easy for you to spread important ideas for social and environmental change. Look for the new Share with a Friend feature on our website. Our audio content is delivered by Limelight Networks, taking the cost and complexity out of Internet distribution on the web at limelightnetworks.com. The post-production audio engineer for this program was Stephen Eng. Our website editor was Liz Evans. The series producer is Liz Evans. My name is Eric Nee, and I hope you'll join us next time for another program from the Ashoka Social Entrepreneurship Series. The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University.
please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.